0: I'm betting you're awake, are you? What do you want? Figured I'd like to talk to you. About what?
1: A little conversation.
0: Pick up that phone and speak the words. There's a caller who's sure. Hello. Bradley J is too bold. Hello. And he's dying to call and get even. Hello. When he's on air, he knows. Hello. Bradley's mind's never closed. Hello. With a word he can get what he came for. Jay talking with Bradley J. Who makes me wanna call him. Oh Stewardus, I speak Jay. WBZ News Radio 1030. WBZ News Radio 1030. I'm your friend, Bradley J. And Mark Lavallo, he's your other friend. He's uh, the first person you'll talk to when you call 617-254-1030. Okay, now, in, in the larger sense, we're going to talk about marijuana. But hopefully it'll be a different sort of feel to this uh, discussion. Because it's be, uh, treating it seriously, sort of scientifically. And to do that, we have Britt Smith with us. Hello, Britt.
1: Hi, how are you?
0: you you're a relatively new face, around here, correct?
1: Yes, uh, I've been at WBZ for about three months now as the writer on The Morning Show.
0: All right. You're here to take a serious look at marijuana, but I'm curious about what brought you to that place. So can you, you know, where'd you grow up? What kind of a kid were you in high school, uh, college? Give me the, the important bullet points.
1: Okay. Um, I grew up in South London. Um, I lived there until I was 19 years old. So Uh, I went through high school out there, and did they have a
0: sorry interruption? Did they have a cool music scene? Yeah. Did you go out a lot? Oh yeah. Who did you tend to see?
1: Um, I used to go to a lot of music festivals, um, so there were a lot of old school bands there. I I saw the Who and David Bowie, and um,
0: at festivals like Glastonbury.
1: Yeah, I went to Glastonbury. I went to Glastonbury (laughs) one time. Did you? Oh my! It's fun. I was um, kind of a rebellious teenager in high school. I did smoke a little marijuana when I was about 16. Um, But otherwise, I was a good student. And uh, I grew up in a house with three siblings. Um, It was a pretty peaceful life out there.
0: And then you went to college here or over there?
1: I went to college out here in California. Um, I actually moved out to the States when I was 19. I was just kind of traveling and I ended up out here. And...
0: And you, evo- you now you're here. What was what happened between then and now?
1: Um, between then and now, I moved out to California. Uh, I studied at UC Berkeley. I studied biological anthropology, which is basically a fancy term for uh, human evolution and everything to do with cultural evolution, the evolution of language, the evolution of um, different cultures around the world. Uh, so I studied that in. in the San Francisco area, and then I moved out to Boston about six months ago.
0: And out there in California, you wrote seriously about marijuana. Yes. What what draws you to the study of it and the writing about it? What first drew me to the
1: study of it was when I lived in San Diego. Um, I was at a community college out there, and I just had a friend who told me that he had gotten really, really sick, really nauseous every day for the last few weeks, and that his doctor had told him, that it's because of decades of smoking marijuana every day it was making him sick. And I thought, that's strange, because I'd always heard that marijuana was good for anti-nausea. So I wondered how this was possible. And then I started to delve and went down a bit of a rabbit hole just looking things up on the Internet. And I realized that wasn't really the best source of information for me. Um, I Soon after that, I got a really bad spinal nerve pinched. And I was in excruciating pain. And my roommate gave me some cannabis to smoke to get the pain relief because I didn't have any health insurance at the time. And I couldn't afford to go to the emergency room. And so as soon as I smoked one little puff of marijuana, the pain was instantly gone. I was numb all over. I hadn't smoked since I was about 16 years old. Um, And I'd never really considered it to be What strain was that
0: that you had that cured your pain?
1: uh, That was called lamb's bread.
0: Okay, got to get that written down. I
1: will tell you about the strains, don't worry. (laughs) Um, So after I'd used it and, and a friend of mine had said that he'd gotten sick from it, I decided that when I got to Berkeley, it was something that I really wanted to look into. So I had access to a lot of really solid and trustworthy news sources there through their library server. So when you go to a big university in California, you can access any kind of paper that they've paid for access for. And that includes a lot of medical research papers from other countries. So this is where I found a lot of access to research articles uh, on cannabis coming out of Israel, Scotland, Germany, Italy, um, Australia. There were a lot of researchers going on in other countries where it was easier to get around the political roadblocks. So I started reading the research that they had and started to understand a little bit how a plant... Chemical could possibly work in a human body. After understanding that, it was it's kind of the groundwork for understanding how to treat yourself with cannabis. So
0: it's just the same as any other chemical.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All medicine is chemical. Mm-hmm. When one happens to, and a lot of medicines, like aspirin, comes from the yellow birch. Mm-hmm. I, uh, so it's not that much of a stretch to think that think of m- marijuana as medicine. Uh, what did you find out about? what might have been making your friends sick? Maybe just the smoke factor?
1: No, it actually wasn't the smoke. It was over-ingestion of one of the chemicals that you find in, in the plant. There's a chemical that's an intoxicant and it'll get you high. It's called THC. And if you have too much of that on a daily basis for 20 years or so, Uh, your body starts to retain it your fat cells actually hold on to Mm -hmm. it so the fact that it's stored in fat cells means every time he exerted some energy he would kind of release this intoxicating effect and it ended up making him really nauseous so all he really had to do was detox for about a month and let all of that thc kind of work its way out of his fat cells and he was almost kind of like draining draining a cup you know just letting it back down to zero. So then he could start smoking again and using it medicinally but properly this time instead of just all day every day, which had ended up making him sick with something called cannabis hypermesis
0: syndrome. And he could also have switched strains, right? Um,
1: He could have switched to something that would have been a non-intoxicant, and that would have probably helped a lot, yeah. Actually, that's one of the things I advised him to do once I'd researched. There's two different main chemicals that are being researched right now for cannabis medicinally. One of them is THC, which is the intoxicant, and the other one is called CBD, which is the non-intoxicant. And that has a lot of anti-emetic properties, which means Mm -hmm. anti-nausea. So that one actually would have helped him to probably get rid of his sickness uh, without having to just completely detox.
0: Before we get down into the chemicals, the chemistry, why do you suppose there's this persistent... Uh, pushback against marijuana when it's pretty clearly medicine why it's like almost to me people think about marijuana the way that in the 1600s people thought about witches in salem mm. there's this paranoid kind of irrational kind of fear of it why
1: um i honestly think that it's how we've all been brought up over the generations we've been told that it's a dangerous substance. Um, and that's kind of difficult to get out of your headspace once you're told that this is something that will harm you. It's very difficult to then see it as a medicine. Um, also, we haven't had any access to, to the plant itself to do any research here in America. Um, so I think that there's just a lack of scientific knowledge around the subject. As we're getting into this day and age, we're starting to learn more about it. And as soon as we start to see some scientific results from it, people are starting to realize that the only reason we've ever thought badly of it before was stigmatization. It was really political, especially back in the 30s when it was originally prohibited. There was a really massive political movement to try and kind of tamper down on people that were using this substance. Um, And they, they managed to make people criminals by telling them that this substance was illegal. Um, there were also movies that were put out like for Madness that just kind of spread the hysteria. And misinformation was spread really, really quickly. And as we know today, disinformation can spread, you know, quicker than the truth can get its pants on. So I think, honestly, it was just a lot of um, people trying to make roadblocks uh, out of this drug. It also came r- around a time when um, morphine was becoming widely used in medicine. So there was a lot of pharmaceutical money. Um, there was also a pushback against the hemp industry uh, with the paper industry. Logging companies were losing tons of money to the hemp industry because they grow faster, uh, they can do the same thing as a lot of trees can, but you know, in less space and less time. I think uh, I That's think that it. there's huge there's huge movement on the medical research front with marijuana. I think that goes without saying. There's been so many different trials so far that have had uh, really promising. And what can it do for you medically? Oh, my gosh, where do I start? Um, it medically, it's been linked to – I bet everybody's probably heard this one. It's been linked to glaucoma. Um, it can
0: uh, it re- mitigate it, glaucoma?
1: It reduces the eye pressure, basically. Okay. It, it's, a, it's a dilator of
0: okay. vessels.
1: Um, it helps with chronic pain. Uh, there's been some research to suggest that it helps kill cancer cells in some different kinds of cancer. Um, it can help multiple sclerosis, Crohn's disease, and ostrative colitis – Parkinson's. Surprisingly, there's some study to say that it helps asthma, not necessarily through smoking it, but through ingesting it. Um, It can help appetite loss and nausea. Um, There's been some studies on traumatic brain injury and spinal cord injury as well. Um, It's got a lot of promise with ALS, fibromyalgia, and Alzheimer's.
0: And can you pick a couple of them and explain them? The chemistry of how it works? Like, sure. I don't know Parkinson's what is Parkinson's and how does it help? So Parkinson's
1: is um, is a disease that that affects a lot of people and, and uh, one of the side effects and main side effects will be uh, shaking a lot of people can't get their their muscles under control so um, basically what um, I'm trying to find here it is how Parkinson's help is helped by by marijuana is that uh, one of the chemicals in marijuana is uh, THC, the other one is CBD, and those are two of the most prevalent ones.
0: No, I, I read up and there's a bunch of other smaller ones in there.
1: Right, there's hundreds of other okay. chemicals, but those are the two main ones. Um, both of those chemicals have an, um, an effect on the part of the brain that is to do with movement. So they basically help to balance um, the, the brain. And they help with um, muscle movement as well because it's a muscle relaxant. So uh, there's been research that shows marijuana can reduce the severity and the pain to do with tremors.
0: Tremors are an uncontrolled firing of of electrical stimulus to the muscle, probably. Yes. And somehow the chemicals in there impede this. There is,
1: so, yeah, in some way. There is a very detailed way. I don't know how detailed you want me to go into. The I, go ahead. Chemistry. Get as
0: detailed as you want. Okay. I mean, I for me personally. <laughs> Because I l- love medicine, medical stuff. I used to be in the in the medical business, mm. so I like this. Okay, give me the breakdown of the, like the way it it works.
1: Okay, so um, I think it's probably important to understand a little bit about how it works inside of our bodies. Okay. Um, so inside of our bodies, we have networks. You know, networks of veins and nerves, and you know. So another network inside of our body is called the endocannabinoid system. That's a big word. Endo just means inside. cannabinoid comes from cannabis. This was discovered during cannabis research. So, endocannabinoids. We have this system inside of our body that senses when we produce endocannabinoids. It's a substance we produce that goes around our body, links up with this network, the receptors on this network, and it tells our body the overall homeostasis. It tells us if, if we're healthy or if something's wrong. So just keep in mind that there's something already inside the human body, in fact, in all mammal bodies, that reacts to the same chemicals that are produced in cannabis plants.
0: So we have these chemicals in our bodies already? We
1: do, yes. It's an exact mimic of the chemical that's produced in cannabis, and it's produced for a very similar reason in cannabis. Cannabis produces the same chemicals that we produce to do a check on its overall health to see if it's overdosing on UV and getting plant cancer. So it's doing the same thing. It's basically running a health check around its body. That's what our,
0: the cannabinoids in our bodies do.
1: Yes, and the same in the plant's body as well.
0: What makes these canne- cannabinoids, cannabinoids you know, in I'm, our body?
1: I'm not exactly sure what produces them, what kind of glands produce them, um, but it's been something that's developed uh, 500 million okay. years in the making. You know, in right. evolution we've developed. So
0: we've gone back and talked about cannabinoids or cannabinoids. yeah I think either one okay I,
1: I pronounce differently to you.
0: Sinoids <laughs> All right. okay, continue.
1: So inside of our body we have this network system that can basically like a lock and key read uh, the cannabinoids we produce and also the cannabinoids that the cannabis plant produces. Mm-hmm. So when we ingest them it fits like a lock and a key uh, into our system and that's how cannabis affects human bodies. Um, it's basically the same molecular structure in the plant as we produce in our bodies. It's just at a much, much more potent rate. Um, so knowing that um, when, when you put cannabis into a, a body that has a sickness, a lot of the time your endocannabinoid system will be faulty because of that sickness. The cancer, for example, can, uh, can signal to the endocannabinoid system to stop checking altogether to stop releasing endocannabinoids. So your body just starts to grow this cancer unchecked. Basically, if you take some of the cannabinoids from the plant, and you put them into your body, whether it's a cannabinoid produced by a human body or a plant body, it's going to do the same thing and run that health system check around you. So you're basically taking an external version of your own drug, putting it into your body, and it's going to check if there's stability in there or if there's something that needs to be worked out. And then it will send chemical instructions to that part of the body to either stop the growth of the tumor or uh, release the pressure behind the eye or slow down the muscle shakes, whatever it is. Uh, it just kind of neutralizes it.
0: Any studies on the cancer or, or is that yes. speculation?
1: No, plenty of studies on cancer, huge studies
0: on cancer. And which, by the way, which cannabinoid is it that deals with cancer? Uh,
1: both CBD and THC have antitumoral effects. Okay. Um, so uh, the cancers, it, it's kind of difficult. There's some cancers that will really be helped by marijuana. There's some cancers, hormonal cancers specifically, so ovarian and breast cancer, that will actually be worsened by THC.
0: Whoa, can you say that again? Some cancers Ho-
1: Hormonal cancers will be worsened by okay. THC. It will actually make hormonal so cancers grow.
0: I was going to ask, is it a good idea to take these cannabinoids prophylactically I guess not, if that, that's there's, the case. There's
1: just too much research to be done, I think, to make a – right. like, I'm not trying to advise anybody. So some
0: people take CBD, for example, every day as an anti-inflammatory. Is mm-hmm. there any da- uh, likelihood that will do damage or be CBD? risky?
1: No, CBD is actually very low risk. There's no sign so far in any studies or research that it interacts with anything um, negatively, so it, and that includes tumors in our bodies. It won't make them grow. Um, CBD is the most powerful substance in the cannabis plant, and that's known to create cell death for cancers. So CBD basically goes and attaches to the receptors um, in the organs, and it instructs the cell, uh, the cancerous cells to commit apoptosis, which is cell death, and it, it tells them to commit cell suicide. So there's been a lot of study going on right now about how to target uh, certain cancers with CBD um, and also why it is that THC causes them to grow where CBD causes them possibly to shrink.
0: You are a news person, so you'll understand my question. Who uh, does the studies? Is it high times or is it, you know... Harvard's
1: Harvard's doing a study right now. Um, Harvard did a study lately, actually. It was uh, 2017. Um, And they found that THC can reduce the size of human lung tumors that are implanted in rats. So Harvard's doing a lot of studies on this. Um, There's also uh, a lot of universities in England. Uh, The University of Edinburgh, the University of Nottingham are doing a lot of studies. Um, And there's uh, medical institutions like the Salk Institute um, in Israel, the Abarbanel Hospital Institute. Israel is actually the leader in this kind of research. Um, I think the university of Melbourne possibly there. Okay. Yeah. There's a lot of really credible sources that are doing a lot of really good research on
0: this. And so the main ingredients, THC and CBD, right? And what are the properties, the main properties of each of these? Uh, How are they distinguishable?
1: THC is an intoxicant. So that's the kind of stuff that will get you stoned, get you high. Um, there's, there's positive medical sides to that in pain relief, um, antidepressant, anti anxiety. It's just all about the. Kind Do
0: people. Of, my mother died of cancer, but she can never have been high. Mm-hmm. Do you get used to the highness factor if you use it enough? Does that go away and, yeah. and you still get the medical? Yes, Benefits?
1: you do build up a tolerance over time. To um, the highness part? You do, yeah. Uh, another way, if you don't ever want to be high, is to put an equal ratio of THC and CBD inside your body at the same time. Because the CBD is an anti-intoxicant, so it actually balances and neutralizes that high that you'd get from the THC.
0: So, like a hybrid?
1: Um, like no, a-, a hybrid something different.
0: Protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Okay. The hybrids between Indica and Sativa. Right. Okay. But the difference... Can you explain the difference there? Maybe it's not the time, but since they brought it up, we would probably better. Sativa has a high level of THC.
1: Actually, Sativa and Indica can both have high levels okay. of THC or CBD. What's the difference? So Sativa, it's, I try to explain this analogy kind of like if you could imagine a tree. The trunk of the tree is the basic cannabis family and two branches poking off. One is sativa, one is indica. Okay. They're just two different branches of the same. Do they have tree. different properties? They do. They're different species of the same family, but they have different properties. They look different as a plant as they grow, and they look different as a flower when you when you pull it off to smoke yeah. it. Um, they also have different properties. Um, some of them are the same. They both have anti-tumoral, anti-emetic, that's nausea. Um, they're both pain relievers. Uh, They both decrease uh, muscle spasm, but the difference being CBD does not get you high, THC does get you high. Um, They work on different receptors in the brain, basically. CBD also has a lot more um, like antibiotic, anticonvulsant, um, so it, it helps a lot with epilepsy. Um, so there's a lot more to go to go along with CBD than there is for THC right now. But THC is probably the most popular one because not only is it good to deal with depression, anxiety, and pain relief, um, but people also like to use it recreationally because it gets you
0: intoxicated, much like alcohol. Mm-hmm. So CBD is legal, correct? Correct. How come there aren't more places selling it? There's like a place in Harvard Square and a place over here. Why isn't it at every 7-Eleven?
1: I gotta tell you, it's not—it's not like this everywhere. This is just an up-and-coming thing in this state, California. It is sold everywhere. Colorado, it is sold everywhere. Um, there's head shops that you know—they just sell smoking stuff. They'll sell drops of CBD. Um, health stores, oftentimes, health food stores. yeah, they'll sell CBD if it's extracted from the hemp plant.
0: Just, just mm-hmm. so you know, up in a tiny town of Littleton, New Hampshire, kind of a funky town with the world's largest candy counter, yes. <laughs> There were two health food stores. There were only 20 stores. Two of them were health food stores. One sold it, one did not. Pretty interesting. And the one that did sell it is front and center on the counter. Mm -hmm. The bottles, some uh, like a salve you put under your tongue. Also cookies and all. Mm -hmm. Don't get me started on the cookies. We haven't gotten to the strains and how different strains do specifically different things. I guess, is this a good time to go there? Sure. Okay. Well, let's do that. Marijuana strain profiles. You sent uh, three websites and I looked it up and it's very detailed. A million strains. There are popular strains that are sativa, hybrid, and indica. Can you re- re-explain the difference between the two and then uh, give examples of how they came about?
1: Sure. Um, so I'll focus on sativa first. Um, sativa is known to be more of a chemical that you'd use in the daytime. So sativa is, uh, as a plant, it grows longer and taller and skinnier. And the buds look lighter in color. They're lighter in color leaves. There's lots of yellows and oranges. It smells really citrusy and tangy and fruity. And it just feels like an invigorating smell. And so when you Like lemon zinger. Yes, exactly. So when you get that bud, you can smell it. You can tell what kind of strain it is, whether it's a sativa or an indica.
0: So as soon as you... Hand up. What chemical is it in sativa that there's more of? Uh, there's okay, either. it's not about what chemicals in no. sativa versus indica. No. Okay. Both
1: sativa and indica have Both. all different kinds of chemicals. Okay. I think the, probably the best analogy to understand each different strain and how they differentiate is to understand it like an orchestra. So THC and CBD would be like the soloists. They're the forefront. They're the main tune. But you've got a bunch of other chemicals in the background that give depth and sound and you've got string. Okay. You know. So in each strain, there's a different level.
0: Of all, all of, of, these. of
1: everything, and there's about four hundred chemicals. And there's a big difference between each strain.
0: And s- maybe I'm being redundant, but sativa doesn't have a, a classic effect that's different from indica. It does. Okay, it does.
1: So sativa, like I was saying, smells lemony and is a daytime drug for. For these reasons exactly, it, it hits you in a cerebral kind of head buzz. Uh, it gives you energy. It gives you motivation, creativity. Like t- quill. Inspiration, yeah, right. As
0: opposed to Nightquil. Exactly. Okay.
1: So the sativa would be the Dayquil, you know. Um, it also helps relieve depression because it gives you that sense of euphoria.
0: Euphoria. So,
1: right. So it, it actually acts on the same receptors as serotonin, which is a neurotransmitter that has to do with happiness.
0: Okay. And what about the highness factor? I mean, the highness, like uncomfortable, like, oh my God, I'm, my whole perspective is a little or a lot altered. I find myself thinking about uh, concentrating on counterproductive things. Is that equally the case with sativa and indica?
1: Yeah. Different sativa strains will have different levels of potency. Potency is measured in a percentage. Okay. So the lower percentage will be about a 5% THC. In that sativa, a higher percentage would be about 30% THC in the sativa. When you're at that 30% THC, you're going to be kind of uncomfortable if it's your first time.
0: Yeah. If you keep doing it, do you get used to it? Yeah.
1: If you keep doing low doses, you'll get used to it. And then you can up yourself a little more.
0: Can people drive trucks? No. Mm -mm. Uh, Very heavy equipment? Absolutely not. Okay.
1: No. On either sativa or indica
0: okay not even low levels
1: not even low levels no what why um it will make you probably dizzy sleepy um a little giggly you won't focus very well on... you don't want
0: the giggly 18 wheel driver right yeah
1: okay. it's, it's not good to operate heavy machinery okay
0: <laughs> so good to know so a i lot mean of... you will get used to it but you still shouldn't think oh i'm used to it so i can drive right absolutely not okay important so, um, info
1: a lot of those names for sativa as well as being invigorating feeling and invigorating smelling They'll have the kind of names that um, you can spot, Um, purple haze, lemon haze, silver haze, anything with a haze. Haze is a sativa. Haze is a sativa. Um, A lot of the things that are named after people like Willie Nelson, Jack Harrer, uh, Stephen Hawking kush. Those are all... Sativ-
0: Kush's are indica's.
1: Kush is an indica, so that one's actually a hybrid. What does the word
0: kush come from, like uh, Afghanistan?
1: I think it's an... Well, indica's are mainly grown in Afghanistan uh-huh. and Pakistan, so I'd imagine that kush comes from okay. that region, yeah. Um, but like we were talking about sativas, uh, they originate in equatorial regions, so they're usually from about 30 degrees above and 30 degrees below the equator. So they come from hotter climates, they're bigger leaves, they're thicker... Uh, kind of more more long spindly leaves. Um, so there's, you know, those uplifting, invigorating effects for sativa. When we move to indica, it's more like a, a the, the NyQuil kind of idea. Um, they've got darker, thicker, more purple colors to them. They smell more earthy and piney, and it just feels kind of sleepier. And the effects of an indica, which will also have THC and will get you high, um, you get more of like a, a body buzz, though. You'll feel it more in your muscles. What,
0: what's the chemical that makes that? THC as well. It's just a different THC.
1: Yeah, they're different families, so they're connected. Okay, um, it's different related, THC. But it's uh, or is
0: it is it different THC or is there different? Uh, it's different levels, numbers of these other cooperating chemicals right. in there.
1: That's exactly what it is. Yeah, okay. there's different levels of different chemicals that uh, that create these different effects. Okay. Um, so for an indica you'll have effects like muscles relaxing, it will reduce inflammation so it's good for pain relief and it also a- aids in sleep so a lot of people would choose indica because it, you, know, you can eat a brownie at night and pass out, it'll help you sleep and it'll get rid of your pain through the night. Um, it also increases dopamine production in the brain so a lot of people will use indica when they're feeling anxious at night or stressed out um, and yeah it's a very sedative drug.
0: One thing that's interesting to note about the names of these medicines is they don't have mediciney names. No, it'd be you don't think of uh, like other s- medicines you would buy to have names like sour diesel.
1: <laughs> right, yeah. I you mean the, these were yes, I'm <laughs> uh,
0: doctor. Hmm. Yes, I am Doctor So and So. I'm writing you a prescription for Durban poison.
1: But you know, and super lemon haze. If you, <laughs> <laughs> it sounds strange, but. Um, If you look at what the pharmaceutical company is doing right now, they're taking the names from the cannabis plants, and they're making them into lab-produced synthetic versions. So um, there's a a drug out right now called Sativex. Really? It it comes from
0: But And that's all legal?
1: It's completely legal.
0: But it's prescription?
1: It's coming from Canada. The GW Pharmaceuticals, based out of the UK, sells to a lot of different countries, and Canada has Sativex. They use it for a lot of epilepsy patients.
0: Yeah, uh, Brit has agreed to stay another fifteen minutes because she doesn't have to work till three twenty. And what's the heck? What's the point of sitting around doing nothing? Just let me ride whip through some of these names. Sativa strains, sour diesel. Yep. Maui, Wowie. That's an old one.
1: It is. It's a classic.
0: Lamb's bread. That's uh, one of the first ones you had. Mm-hmm. Lamb's bread. That's a good one. Durban poison. It'd be interesting. All these names have a reason. So all of these, I'd like names? to know the name of Durban Poison. I don't wine.
1: know how they got them, but then they... you
0: need to write that book.
1: <laughs> I'm sure the there's stories book.
0: behind the names of marijuana strains, either good for your podcast or good for your book. But a book, I'd buy it. Indica, you get a lot of couches. Bubba Kush, mm-hmm. Granddaddy Perps,
1: Purple, yeah.
0: Northern Lights, L.A. Confidential, <laughs> Afghan Kush. Mm-hmm. All right, and we're treat, we are treating it seriously, and on these websites, by by the way, provided by you, which I can I can put a link, I can put the link on my Facebook page. There are pictures, very detailed pictures of strains, three hundred three Kush, and you can you can see the differences. You know, the, re-
1: the reason they got these names is because it came from from the streets. I mean, it, it's not right. something that's been developed. i about
0: in... Walker Kush. Does have, that ring a bell?
1: I haven't heard of that one, but. Anything with CUSH is usually yeah uh, Someone recommended
0: indica. that to me as a sleep aid. Yeah. But s- unfortunately, like and I need to tell you of all, I would love to get a medical marijuana card. I tried but failed. I have a legitimate, I have a legitimate pain, but I went to go to the doctor and the doctor said I needed to bring documentation of my pain. I think, you're a doctor. Is this going to be your thing down the road? Yeah, I hope so. Five years now, from now, what? how do you see your involvement with this?
1: Um, I hope to be educating people I hope that the research has moved a lot further forward and that I have a lot to educate people with um, I'd will love you be to be the Susie Ormond of weed I would love to be yeah. <laughs> 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 I could definitely uh, still be doing podcasts or books or you know something to educate people
0: Well I see you actually speaking or being on the on the staff of some big organization like a school or certainly there will be companies that big big companies It'll be mega business, and maybe one of these companies would hire you to give correct information. Just a thought. Hope so. All right. We talked about some of the strains and what they did in addition to the, all the background. Sour Diesel, Maui, Waui, the difference between Sativa, Indica, and the hybrids. Let's talk a little bit in a very limited time about the law and where we're at in Massachusetts. So this, this is another essay question for you. <laughs>
1: Um, so, right now we've got uh, medically legal marijuana in 29 states. Yeah. And recreationally legal in eight plus DC,
0: I think. Let's concentrate on Massachusetts. So.
1: Massachusetts is going to open in July 1st. So, I think that um, the Cannabis Control Commission for Massachusetts is currently uh, still working out their draft regulations. Um, so, there's a, a lot of different panels going on with medical experts, legal experts, uh, economic experts.
0: Is this all necessary?
1: Completely, yes, okay. um, they're they're working out things like how to package it properly so it doesn't appeal to children. Um, the the dosage like, amounts so that people don't.
0: They should package it in things that look like Brussels sprouts. (laughs)
1: that's a really good tactic yeah okay um so they're working out things like where people can smoke it if it's allowed you know in a bar if you're allowed to smoke or whether you can just buy it there and you have to go home so they're working out these things about does secondhand smoke affect people they're running a lot of different tests and studies to make sure that we have the right regulations for january so it's necessary you
0: don't you don't Mm -hmm. have a problem with all the delays
1: no not at all i think it's very necessary i would think
0: that you would be on these panels
1: I would love to be on these panels. Uh, I don't know the right people, I think, but uh, I hope one day to be able to be on an advisory board for this kind stuff. I would think stuff.
0: that you, you could. You kind of know the governor.
1: I kind of know the governor.
0: I mean, hello, I, you know, you have some credentials.
1: You know, the governor... To show up on his doorstep. Governor Baker is, uh, although he didn't, particularly agree with it himself. Uh, he's been very supportive of the measures saying, you know, this is what the people of Massachusetts have voted for. Um, and just ensuring that uh, that everybody on the Cannabis Control Commission is, uh, they know what they're doing. You know, uh, some of the people that are appointed to the panels that, that will give the final rulings, they're appointed by the governors and, and by the Attorney General of the yeah. state. So there's a lot of Did different... Did you talk
0: to Maura Healy? Say, I hello, haven't. I am and I do and I would like to be on the commission.
1: I I plan to meet her yeah I plan to meet her all right good. (laughs) Um, so in Massachusetts what you might see popping up after July 1st um, some marijuana retail spots like bars spas yoga studios cafes Um, you'll also see dispensaries and delivery drivers Um, there's gonna be allowances for you as citizens to grow to possess and to use and and
0: that's already the case right
1: it is and you're also allowed to share so it's a, a donation can't sell not allowed to sell though
0: you're allowed uh six plants per person up to a, two people per household
1: yep absolutely is uh, that totally legal it's completely legal
0: and you, do you do and, it
1: and uh, me no i don't Too much yet. of a project um it's a big project it's very expensive to grow your own
0: to get started
1: yeah, it's a, there's a lot of equipment involved, um, and also you don't have any uh, protection at your work necessarily. They're still kind of working
0: those laws. Yeah, up. what about that? That's really important. Now, yeah. there's there are there tests that to- can judge your level of intoxication.
1: There are. Yeah, you can. Um, there there are tests. There are breathalyzers that they're coming okay. out with for THC. So
0: a urine test, or a test that can only tell you, tell them that you have at some point in the recent past or the fire past uh, smoked marijuana, that should be illegal because it has no bearing on how high you are, correct?
1: I, I think it probably will be when uh, it, it changes at the federal level, but right now it technically is illegal.
0: I would think that there would be challenged challenge in court or you could sue if your company... If your company fired you because their evidence was that at some point you had had marijuana... Mm-hmm. Like, not if you're an airline pilot, but if you're on the radio or if you work at a a company like John Hancock, I'm just saying, a company that had a policy that we're going to drug test you, and we found out, oh, you have smoked marijuana in within the last three weeks, and they fired you, I think that you should be able to sue them.
1: I'm sure at some point those rules will change to reflect the fact that marijuana if is If that happened
0: legal. to me, I would so sue. Yeah. All right.
1: So um, a couple other things that I wanted to mention that's going to happen for um, people in In Massachusetts, is Mm -hmm. going to change that we've seen a lot in Colorado. Is that a lot of the tax money coming from those legal marijuana sales is going to go back into the community? Yeah. So there's huge amounts that go back into things like schools, libraries, paving roads, um, scholarships for local kids. Um, There's a lot of the state and tax, uh, the state taxes and the local taxes that come in from marijuana sales that go straight to these funds um, that go through uh, government um, agencies and and come back to the public.
0: I'm not going to ask you this question because as a news person I don't want you to have to give an opinion and anything you say might be construed as an opinion but for Sessions, for any conservative politician to be against the business of marijuana seems counterintuitive because it's all about freedom, it's all about the market system and they're interfering with it and they're making folks pay more out of their pockets out of this weird puritanical fear of this plant and I would think that citizens, red state citizens, would kind of rise up and say, "This is stupid. We want the money."
1: Mm-hmm. I think that there's um, there's a lot of push in some of those red states just for um, for individual freedom to choose what you uh, what you do. That's a lot of the political yeah. background there.
0: The government governs best, the governs least. Mm-hmm. So, to give you plenty of time to wrap up, is there anything I didn't cover? Any anything that you want to just wrap up with?
1: Um, I think that there's a great potential for investment um, for people to invest in the stock market on cannabis. Um, I think that there's a lot of opportunity that's going to come with this legalization.
0: Is there a cannabis mutual fund? I'm uh, not, like not. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. An index fund, cannabis-oriented.
1: There are there are at least three that I know of that you can invest in on on the uh, stock market right now. Is um, Canada's uh, company called Canopy Growth? Canopy? Canopy growth.
0: You know the ticker symbol? Yeah,
1: NASDAQ uh, OTH. It's TWMJF. Okay, is is
0: marijuana legal in Canada?
1: Uh, It is, yes. Okay. So in the UK, the UK has GW Pharmaceuticals. They're coming out with huge studies for uh, medicine, and you can invest in them. On the NASDAQ, they're GWPH. And the last one I'll give you is Medical Marijuana, Inc., which is a, another company that you can invest in, MJNA on the Nasdaq.
0: Britt Smith, thank you very much. There's a lot more to cover on this. Hopefully, you'll come back in the not too distant future. Yes. And I want to do what I can to motivate you to make that podcast happen.
1: Thank you. I plan to. I, uh, thank you for having me on.
0: You're welcome, Britt Smith. WBZ News Radio, ten thirty